But where I come in is how do I take people who know what Corona is, they know what the brand stands for, but I can deepen what it really means, right? Where do you, where do you bring that relevance and that meaning and doing it with content that people proactively want to watch so that I'm not interrupting their day. Um, I'm actually drawing people towards our brand. Greetings and welcome to Content That Moves, the podcast from brand storytelling and credo nonfiction, where it's my distinct pleasure to interview the brightest minds in branded content creation who are out there telling the stories that make you actually feel something on behalf of brands. I'm your host, Jesse Raisler, the founder of Credo Nonfiction, where we partner with brands to find and tell stories that reveal brand purpose and deepen brand meaning in a way that traditional advertising just doesn't. This podcast is co-produced by Brand Storytelling, bringing you the latest news, trends, and insights in branded content with top of industry events and in-depth industry coverage online. Brand Storytelling encourages a higher level of collaboration amongst advertisers, agencies, media partners, and creators in pursuit of a richer media environment. For more of the latest in the world of branded content or to explore event offerings, visit brandstorytelling.tv today. In this episode, I speak with Meredith Ruskin from Corona Studios about how what we do as content creators is different than traditional advertising, but that when we do it right and leverage and optimize that content effectively, it can deliver against some of the same metrics on top of entirely different ones. We get into how nonfiction video stories deepen brand meaning, maybe better than any other format, and why it's important for brands to develop direct relationships with creators whose work aligns with brand ethos. Without further ado, please welcome Meredith. Hey, Jesse. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you know, I've been so looking forward to chatting, having thoroughly enjoyed your series, uh, Free Range Humans, recently. Um, And I, probably like a lot of people during the pandemic, have been practicing the Scandinavian art of free loose live, if you've heard of that, or outdoor <laughs> living or open air living. So mm. I thought like the central theme of this series, that of, you know, pursuing a more meaningful life outside was quite timely <laughs> for me anyway. So thank you for that. Indeed. I'm glad. I'm glad that you got to enjoy it. And it is funny. This project was in development long before the pandemic, but I think it took on new relevance um, as people were were stuck inside and, and really yearning um, for that outdoor lifestyle. Oh, that's interesting. Well, for sure. Well, before we do get deeper into that series, um, I'd love to hear more just about the path that led you um, from a degree, if I'm getting this right, in applied mathematics and economics to uh, the position you hold now, which sounds super interesting as global director of Corona Innovation and Branded Content at Anheuser-Busch. Like, tell me about that path. Like, where did you, how did, how did, how did the path lead you there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you're right. I, I haven't taken maybe the traditional past um, for a brand storyteller. Um, and I like to tell people that I am a recovering management consultant. So <laughs> I did indeed, I did indeed study economics and math, and that led me to to consulting strategically primarily okay. for consumer companies. And I got a ton out of that. It was really interesting. I got to work with lots of different companies. But mm. the thing that I took away was that I wanted to make stuff, um, cool. not just consult. And I first came to ABI 
um, working in strategy. So very connected to what I had been doing before. And I was lucky enough in my prior role to lead strategy for our four global brands at Anheuser-Busch, which includes Corona, uh, also includes some amazing brands, Budweiser, Stella Artois, and Michelob Ultra. Mm. And when I was working in strategy, uh, one of the key projects that I became pretty obsessed with was this idea of how do we harness the power of our brands to deliver as much utility to people as possible. And, and I say our brands um, and not our product or our beer, because what I learned mm. was that these brands represent so much more to people um, mm. than just beer. And we had an opportunity to live and breathe and deliver the promise of these brands in way more ways than just the drinking occasion or for those who drink alcohol. And so that kind of led perfectly as I thought about what are all the ways that we could deliver utility to people, to mm -hmm. the opportunity on Corona, which was kind of a dream come true, and getting to tell stories from the point of view of a brand that has an incredibly powerful positioning and a really emotional um, resonance with people all around the world. Yeah, that's that's really cool. So, you know, when you talk about this dream opportunity, like what did that look like at the time? I mean, was there a, a moment where you were like, OK, I'm on these four amazing brands. I really want to focus on Corona. And you have a whole, you know, Corona studio uh that you're part of or leading. So I'd love to hear, was that formed when you were starting this or did you help build that? Or like, what, what was the, the, the branded content, uh, you know, landscape like at that time? For sure. Um, so Corona Studios was really built um, by my predecessor and I was working together with him on it um, in the strategy role. And we were lucky enough to have a CMO join the company, Pedro Earp in 2018 who really believed um, in branded content and brand storytelling. And I talked to lots of peers who have to kind of fight their CMO um, mm -hmm. to be able mm -hmm. to do this type of work. And we had the opposite problem. So our CMO <laughs> wow. was like, where is your entertainment content? I want it yesterday. Oh, wow. Which this is a dream situation. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So it was incredibly exciting. And, and that's where it all started. We started with this ambition of saying, how do we go from product-led advertising to story-led content that's going to make our brand more relevant um, in people's lives? And the way Corona Studios got started was the first thing we went and did was we actually just said, all right, who? what do we want to talk about, right? What are mm -hmm. the things that it makes sense? So we didn't just d dive right in. Mm -hmm. We first really found any good publisher has their verticals, has their key messages, has the things they know how to be the expert on. Yes. And so we went and did a lot of work to do some soul searching uh, and find what those things were for us. Um, tell me, tell me, yeah. please tell me more about that work because I think it's so important and often isn't given the do that it should be given. So like, what did that, that's, as you put it, soul searching part look like? Like, how did you decide where you wanted to be as a, as a publisher? For sure. To be honest, it was, it was kind of curiosity. We went out there and, and, and we looked at content that we loved and we thought, what, what makes sense for Corona? Where can we add our voice um, in a way that's unique and that's not quite being done today? Mm -hmm. And it starts with our purpose. So our yeah. purpose as a brand um, is to help people disconnect from routine and reconnect 
with their essential nature. And we believe that that is mm -hmm. something that's best done and represented by nature and the outdoors. Um, cool. And so, you know, that's something, as you said, in COVID times that I think has become more relevant as than ever. Um, and that people really do want that chance to escape um, yeah. from the day to day. And, and Corona gives people that. Um, and so we said, okay, what are the things that we want to talk about? Um, and we landed on a few verticals and the, the biggest ones were sort of travel stories, but specifically travel stories about disconnection and transformation. Um, mm. So not just a trip, but how that gives you that opportunity to reset and reconnect with yourself. Uh, and we also talk a lot about sustainability. This has been something that's mm -hmm. super important for our brand. Um, if we want to to enjoy our homeland of the beach, we have to protect it. And that means um, playing a big role in marine conservation, uh, avoiding plastic pollution. And we want to elevate and tell those stories as well. Wow. So, so cool. And it's awesome that you, you know, took the time to really find out where you wanted to be and then like. It, you've, I can tell you put a lot of care and effort, which I want to talk about too, into finding stories that really, you know, uh, illuminate those core themes. Um, so for those who haven't seen it, Free Range Humans, uh, eight episode docu-series, um, I feel like life outside the cage is a big theme at the center and, and sort of mm -hmm. a through line is that most humans spend 90% of their lives indoors. The eight people that you found to feature don't do that. They're outside doing big things and often made a big change in their life. So can you talk a little bit about how you translate it? I mean, I could see how, you know, the formulation of, of those themes and that through line led you pretty directly to this concept. But what made you say like, okay, we're going to do an episodic docu-series and then also, you know, doing short form over eight episodes versus like, I don't know, a feature length film maybe that you would release on platforms and that what made you decide to do, you know, it's not short, short form. I mean, so many brands are so fixated on like the one to two minute quick hit things. And these are, you know, enough time to like really develop a character and tell a mm -hmm. compelling story. I think a lot of them are maybe in the seven to 10 minute range. I'd love to hear more about that decision to sort of go with this, this format for this series as well. Sure. And I'm glad you brought, I'm glad you brought up format because that's a really key piece to the story because actually free range humans started as an idea and it started as an idea over two years ago in 2018. Mm -hmm. And it was exactly what you said. It was actually our uh, agency of record at the time, bringing us that insight of mm -hmm. we live in a world where 90% of people uh, where, excuse me, where people spend 90% of their time caged indoors. Mm -hmm. But we know that from time to time we ask ourselves, is this how it's really meant to be? Could there be another way? And as a brand that wants to inspire people to spend more time in outdoors, what better way than to tell stories of those who actually just went out and did it? They took the mm -hmm. plunge, they made the change. Um, and it's not only possible, but it's extremely fulfilling for these individuals. So we loved this idea from the moment we heard it. Um, cool. And we were super excited about it, but we didn't have a home and we didn't really have this kind of always on publishing entertainment strategy in place yet. And sure. so we went down a path for a while of making a documentary film and we kept kind of hitting against walls because we were kind of like, where is it going to live? Do we do it without distribution? Where do, if we don't have distribution, are we paying for people to watch it? 
that doesn't really feel like true to what this is all about, which is building relevant content. And that's when we started to rethink. And we said, this isn't about a, a documentary this time, at least not the first time we're making it why don't we tell these stories in a more snackable format? And we saw a huge trend Mm. um, towards shorter form, quicker contents that fit better in digital. And we said, let's do a digital docu-series. Um, And that was a huge unlock for us. Um, And it meant that we could be way more agile. We did, you know, eight productions simultaneously, filming people in a docu-style way all around the world in six different markets at once, an enormous project. Um, and, and what's exciting too, is it doesn't just live in the episodes, right? You talk about formats. We not only have episodes, but we have our six, 15, 30, 60 second trailers, which interestingly enough are are a huge part of how we promote the content. And when we've done some studies, we see that those trailers, they act like advertising. Uh, sure. They have the same impact on our ad recall and our brand lift as our beer ads do, wow. which is a fascinating finding as well. That is, and it kind of harkens back to something you said earlier that I did want to come back to, which is you mentioned product-led stories versus, well, product-led content versus story-led content. When you started doing this story-led content, was it a yes and? Like we're still doing our, our traditional product-led content. Or did you fully flip the switch over? Or are those things happening in tandem? Absolutely. Great question. For us, it's 100% an and. Um, And a big part of my job is to know my role, right? Mm -hmm. I can't do everything with our story-led content. We continue to have incredible uh, equity campaigns that we develop um, with our lead agency, Wyden and Kennedy. And Mm -hmm. those do a super important job in driving salience of our brand, in letting people know what our brand stands for, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but where I come in is how do I take people who know what Corona is, they know what the brand stands for, but I can deepen what it really mm. means, right? Yeah. Where, do you, where do you bring that relevance and that meaning and doing it with content that people proactively want to watch so that I'm not interrupting their day, um, I'm actually drawing people towards our brand. Um, and and letting them to discover uh, what it's really all about. And so it's all about different content, different formats for different roles, and all of it is critical. That's so important to note. And I love the word deepen because I, I believe, you know, that's what story can do. And especially when you get a longer running time to tell a story, you do deepen a relationship. You can give people an emotional moving experience in a way that you just can't do in that super short product led format. So yeah, I it, totally a yes. And, and it's great to hear, you know, you're thinking of them doing different things too. Cause I know a lot of people that are getting started in this space. Like if they come up on resistance and they don't have uh, an executive who's like ready to fund this um, big ambitious thing, often it's because it's like, look, we have to take that budget and keep going on the traditional. But I love hearing stories when it's like, hey, they're coexisting side by side uh, more than peacefully. You know, they're doing different things. But then on top of that, like you said, the the trailers for the films are doing (laughs) a lot of the same work, too, that the product load advertising. So that's super cool to hear, too. Totally. Yeah. And for us, that's like that's an amazing bonus. But I think you hit on a really important point, which is to get stakeholder buy in the key 
is to know what your role is and know what you're optimizing for. And I repeat all the time, every day, that we're trying to deepen brand meaning. We do lots of other stuff. For sure, this helps sell beer in the short term, but I have to stay focused on delivering meaning or else I'll get distracted uh, and I'll kind of change the content and make the wrong choice because I got to get the logo in right here or right there. And it needs to ultimately serve the audience, let the audience be the boss. uh, And then that's going to be what really deepens brand meaning over time. That's great. And I love that as a simple concept, like deepening brand meaning. I think it can do so much, but I also (laughs) have a feeling and keep hearing it's a hard thing to measure. Like Mm -hmm. it is a really hard thing to measure. Um, And I think that's why people come up on on roadblocks when they want to do something like this is it's like, how are we going to measure it? You can't measure it in the same way uh, a traditional ad. So I'd love to hear if, if you, you know, when you set out, like, what were some of the goals? You're like, here's what we'd like to do with this. It's going to be hard to measure. Um, but, but what did you set out to, to, to do? Like, is there any metric that you're using to, like, make the case, like, hey, we're making an impact here and we should keep doing this? For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so one thing that's really important when talking about measurement was the process uh, that we chose to enable. Our, our studio, right, which is all about test and learn. Um, so before we invest in anything big, like free range humans, we have a strategy of put a lot of stuff out there. And the way that we're able to do that is by working with the people who were already making amazing content in this space. So I'm taking mm. a step back for a second to answer your question, because yeah. it's really important to know that when we started out, what we did was we reached out to content creators, people, yep. not not for their reach, but for their authenticity, people who lived mm. and breathed the Corona brand. We have creators who have uh, 400,000 followers who we work with. We have creators who have 2,000 followers who we work mm. with. It's the same relationship because the partnership is not about uh, their audience. The partnership is about their creativity and their authenticity. And Very so cool. rather than go through an agency, we built relationships with hundreds of content creators, individual relationships that we can DM them in a minute's notice and and ask what they're doing, right? Which which took a long time. And I say that because what it means is that we have 50 projects in the in the works at any given moment, which means that we can test really quickly with still images or 30 second snackable contents, different ideas that we have and we see what our audience reacts to, right? And that takes a lot of the risk and and makes it a little bit less scary, right, for for some stakeholders, because what you can say is, look, we're going to figure out what people love. Mm -hmm. And then that's the thing that we're going to bet on. And so by the time we go and invest a little bit more in creating something, we try to have a pretty good idea that it's Mm going to work um, and that it's going to be something um, that's replicable and that we can create a lot of, right? Because when you go to your favorite media outlets, You never want to see the same thing every day. You want something different every single day. Um, But to get back to your question, I say that because we do a lot of testing. We do a lot of validating and our metrics work the same way. So day in and day out, I look at like proxy metrics, right? Things that indicate that it's probably delivering brand meaning. So I'll look at my view through rate for any video content we've put Uh out. 
or I'll look at engagement rate for still and other video content we put out, right? So I'm checking, okay, which content is performing the best on a day-by-day basis. Then okay. on a month-by-month basis, I take a step back, right? And I say, okay, now I have to look at the picture. How much content did we put out? How much reach did it get? Is it moving the needle? We're a big brand. Unfortunately, we can't just rely on kind of a hundred people loving the content. It has to have reach to have impact for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I look at our reach. I look at how efficient that reach is and I make sure it's as efficient as our advertising content. And then above all, again, I look at those quality metrics of engagement um, and completion rates. And then every quarter or half or so, I take another step back. And that's mm-hmm. where we do commission special research, working with companies like Ipsos um, and more traditional marketing research agencies okay. to actually measure, okay, did it? Did all those proxies correlate? Like just because it got good completion, did that actually do the job? Did it have a significant lift in meaning and affinity and consideration for those who saw the content versus those who didn't? You can't look at that every day, but it's important to keep yourself honest um, and make sure that it is moving the needle for the brand. Gotcha. Sounds super smart. So you've got these yeah. these snapshots along the way, but then you do take a step back quarterly or a couple times a year. I think that seems like an important an important check in to have too, because it is it's a tough thing to measure for sure. For sure, for sure. And at the end of the day, sometimes you just got to go with gut. Sometimes yeah. Sometimes you do. It, it, yeah. It's an art and a science, right? I have all my metrics. I look at them constantly. <laughs> but you've also got to talk to your audience and say, "Hey, they're loving this." Let's yeah, well, there's something to be said for, yeah, the qualitative alongside the quantitative, right? I mean, having a longer conversation with someone about like, what did this feel like to you? What does it mean to you is, is super valuable too. Um, you kind of alluded to, you know, working with content creators all over the world to do this more snackable uh, size content, you know, not, not you know, the big docu-series of free-range humans, but something that's maybe, you know, a little bit smaller that it looked like you're running on social um, mm-hmm. Do you want to talk a little bit about what you're doing there and how that does the content differ? It sounds like it's all on, you know, very similar themes that correlate right back to that brand purpose. But what are you what are you doing and expecting from that? That's a bit different from the bigger series like Free Range Humans. Yeah, for sure. No, thanks for asking. Um, working with our content creators is is kind of the bread and butter of what we're doing today at Corona Studios. And so, as I said, we have a network um, of a couple of hundred content creators that we talk to and work with regularly. Um, and if you look at, for example, our own Instagram or YouTube channels in the local markets, we basically curate Uh, work to kind of get a sense of what resonates, right? So we'll look at what's out there and we'll post from Corona uh, the various work that comes from our content creators. And then what we do is based on what we saw was kind of resonating um, with our audience, we have very simple kind of one-line briefs out there for all of our creators to co-create collaborative work together. Um, And those are exactly, as you said, connected to our passion points around travel, around surf, around sustainability, and connected to our purpose. And rather than kind of um, making it very transactional, right, and saying, hey, this content creator, here's your brief, go and make it. We wait for our creators to come to us. They pitch us with ideas. We say Mm -hmm. we love it. So it's what they want to do. 
Cool. And we just give them the money they need to make it happen, right? So whatever it takes, wow. if they need plane tickets to go somewhere, if they need hotel rooms, if they need equipment or extra production help, we basically fund the project and then we let them run away because wow. they're making amazing work. And of course, we check in um, and we get feedback and we work together. But in this way, we're able to have kind of a new uh, story-led piece of art that comes out on our channels every week. Um, wow. And then we continue to promote them locally. Um, so we publish organically and then our local markets promote them as well um, and get them even more reach in, in their markets. And so um, it's a fantastic model. I love working with creators and I love working with Corona creators because they are people living out there in the world, constantly meeting new people, going to new places. So they live super fascinating lives and they tell great stories. That's awesome. I have to say, you know, after watching Free Range Humans and then also watching a few of these um, shorter weekly story-led pieces, like I was super just impressed with the quality. I know now that when I see a Corona Studios logo up top, like this is going to be a really quality piece of, of storytelling, of, of filmmaking, you know, stunning cinematography. And as a filmmaker, I tip my hat. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I have to say, I've, I've seen a lot of brands get into the, the content game and unfortunately set the bar often much lower production wise. I wonder if you could talk about your decision um, and if it's a conscious one, you know, to decide to say like, hey, we're going to carefully select our creators so that we're maintaining a high level of, of quality in what you're putting out. For sure. Um, for us, quality is incredibly important. Um, we're a brand that has really strong, uh, you know, brand equity because we've been consistent for many mm. years. People really understand Corona. They know what it represents. It represents paradise to them. And that's mm. something that as we moved to storytelling, we couldn't sacrifice, right? So yeah. uh, the number one word that I like to use is authentic. Uh, at Corona, mm. we like to say our content is perfectly imperfect because mm. it doesn't look glossy and shiny. Uh, it has a little bit of that rough around the edges kind of feel, but in a way that's actually more aspirational than absolute perfection because it's honest um, and people can relate to it and they can imagine themselves visiting these incredible paradises around the world. So for us, quality is a natural result of being absolutely obsessed with authenticity and very real portrayals um, of amazing places around the world. That's great. And it's, it's an interesting term that you hear, you know, a lot and some t and hopefully it's always used in the right way. I've, you know, people like authenticity. Okay. That means it, it shouldn't even have any production value. We should just film this on our phone. But I feel like the more important thing is you're finding real people that have their own authentic point of view and then letting them tell a story from that point of view, which I think is so much more powerful than just saying, we're going to lower the production standard. This is like what someone actually believes. And you can feel that in the content versus something that's scripted and just doesn't feel real, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Nothing staged, right? That's what I mean. Yeah, so it that's, doesn't mean the yeah. quality isn't there, uh, but we try to avoid those staged kind of shots because you know our audiences today are sophisticated. They can tell when something was discovered and, and really there or when something was set up to look that way for, right. for an ad. 
Right. Well, cool. Well, you know, knowing how excellent the work is coming out of your studio, you know, I'm super excited to keep watching for what comes next. And I know you have a a couple actually really interesting things in the works. Do you care to say anything about what is on the horizon? Sure. Um, Lots of exciting things coming up. Um, One that I'm really excited to share, it's a new original series um, called Lay Days that we are creating together with one of our partners, the World Surf League. Um, And so Lay Days is going to be another episodic series um, that comes out with the relaunch of the championship tour in Australia next week. Mm. And every leg of the tour uh, there, you may not know if you're not a surf fan, but there's a term called lay days, which is on those days where the water isn't quite right, or you're in between surfing days, the, the surfers call it a lay day. Right. And Mm. we were really interested in this idea because at Corona, we're not necessarily all about the intensity of surf competition, but we're all about the surf (laughs) lifestyle. And I think that's something that everyone can relate to, even if they're not a surfer. And so with ladies, we're going to tell the stories of essentially uh, our surfers, our competitive surfers, what they do on their day off, because they're in some of the most epic locations (laughs) in the world. They're lucky enough to call those locations home, right? They spend their lives traveling to beaches around the world. And so we're basically just going to spend the day with surfers on their days off and let them tell what they do, what they do with their friends, meet some people in the area who they've gotten to know over the years and really explore what these locations have to offer uh, in the moments where they're not, you know, competing and hitting the waves. So super excited about ladies um, and excited, you know, it's been a tough year with COVID to be able to um, put the World Surf League on. So we're really excited with our partners that that's back up and running next week. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and another project I'm really excited about is, funnily enough, one of the questions that we get asked the most often um, by our audience is, how did you make this? Or, or questions about the creators themselves, you know, like, who is this guy? Like, we want to know more. Um, and so we've decided to do a project that's actually going to kind of take our audience behind the scenes. Um, speaking mm. of authenticity, um, of how creation in nature really works, right? Because we're creating in an environment that's impossible to control. And yet that's also what often brings the magic uh, to our storytelling. So with one of our upcoming productions, we're actually going to, I can't reveal the name and and the people quite yet, but we're actually going to have a little bit of a series taking people behind the scenes um, of the different elements of how this work gets made, um, Mm. which we think is going to be something a little bit different for us that we haven't done before. Yeah, it sounds very different. I don't don't think I've seen much of that in this space. So that'll be cool to see. Well, awesome. Um, A lot to watch for. um, And we'll certainly be uh, providing links so people can get through to these series. Um, But before we wrap up, I'd love to ask if there's any uh, direct advice to your peers, you know, for for folks uh, at other brands who maybe aren't quite as far along in the content journey as... Corona Studios is at this point, are, are there some things that you've learned along the way that you wish you'd have known at the beginning that you might want to pass along? There's so much, so many <laughs> mistakes uh, along the way. But no, I mean, to be honest, if I could give just, just one piece of advice, it would probably be take the first step. Um, we can talk all day about 
buy-in and metrics and other pieces, but it's important to know that telling great stories isn't going to happen overnight. Um, you know, you shouldn't necessarily expect that you're going to create an award-winning documentary film, but take that first step, figure out what your brand can say that no one else can say and find a way to make something and then go from there. Um, one of the, you know, in starting up Corona Studios, we looked at a lot of different brand storytellers who do it all different kind of ways. There's no one way. But a common mistake that we that we found was that people kind of thought all you had to do was make something, put it up organically, and it was going to go gangbusters because mm. it was good. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, I like to say, even Star Wars promotes their films, right? <laughs> so, yeah, so it's a mistake sure. to think that this is all an earned, organic, free game, right? That's the, yeah. that's the mistake I hear. It's all about earned. If I make great content, I don't need to pay for media anymore. This is amazing. It's not yeah. true, right? No. It, you need to you need to be ready to promote your work, to get it out there, um, and over time, that's what it takes to build that credibility and build that audience. It doesn't happen overnight. Absolutely. Well, that is a great piece of wisdom to end on. I think so. I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah. Thank you, Jesse. It's been awesome. To view some of the beautiful work discussed here today, visit youtube.com corona, where you'll find the series Free Range Humans, along with a great sampling of the creator-led content Meredith mentions. Join us next time when I'll be speaking with Joshua Davis of Epic Magazine on the great art of story finding, an essential part of the brand storytelling process that pays dividends when given proper time and resources. 